Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back. Wednesday edition, live from 6th and Peabody with Old Smokey and Yeehaw. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. David Reed, the chairman of the board. A lot to get to today. Primary complaint today as well. We air our top grievance of the week with you. That's coming up in 45 minutes. Headlines galore, including that of Adam Schefter's email. Mark Davis has commented on John Gruden's resigning from the team yesterday. A a lot to get to. Uh, J. Pierre and Sibia will be in studio with us. Miami Marlins broadcaster, retired MLB catcher. Uh, He will be in studio as we break down the Major League Baseball postseason. Braves advancing to the NLCS. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Boys, it's been a while since I've said it's good to be back, but it is damn good to be back, and it's also damn good to be back in the National League Championship Series. For my Atlanta Braves, your Atlanta Braves, America's underdog champion. <laughs> the Rays couldn't get it done being the underdog team, so it took the Braves without the best player in baseball, in my opinion, Ronald Acuna Jr., without their ace pitcher, without their biggest home run hitter, and they are right back where they were a year, a year ago in the National League Championship Series. I never doubted them. Never doubted them in that trade oh. deadline. Never once doubted they should go for it, go for broke, and look where they are. Right congratulations, back. and we know what it means. The Dodgers and the Giants are in the World Series, people. <laughs> it also means that once again the Braves made it further than the Yankees, even though the Yankees spend more money. It means yeah. that as well. Yes, and it's very unfortunate about the Yankees, but – well, it's the, more unfortunate the, because the Red Sox advance. Yeah, no, much more. Well, and much more at, unfortunate. But you got to go win it, Chad. Also, That's yeah. what it's go about. Win. Go win. Go win. America's Houston Astros, also God. a fifth straight American League Championship Series. Just a regular oh, occurrence. They're so hated, uh, I think, across. Are they? Uh, across, yeah, I feel it. I feel it. They're There's welcome a lot of to MLB stadiums galore across the country. I mean, what do you mean by welcome? I mean, the, these players go up and handshake and hug oh, and well, congratulate. Yeah, I, I don't like the way the players. That's BS it, it, how they treat the well, Astros. Well, Chicago right talked some junk about them. And well, now they didn't put now, up any fight. <laughs> they didn't put up any fight. They but now, now it's all turned, right? Because the reaction to the White Sox guy claiming they were cheating because they were hitting better at home than on the road yeah. was met with every sports media member saying, okay. Let's it not just make baseless claims now from here on. No, don't from here make to claims now. Just because harp on beat. what they did in the past. <laughs> right? I, I can educate you on how to still terrorize the Astros for what they did. Don't pretend like they're doing it now. Just talk about how they were tainted in all, the past. I mean, and although, that's why they can't win now. Although, don't let them win now because now they'll, they'll come out with buckets of soap and say, look how clean we are now. We won this well, one clean. The Patriots, say what you want about the other one. The Patriots already tried. They had Spygate, then they had Deflategate. People, th- I mean, right. they, they don't go back and cheat. do things again. What are they Cheaters doing now? Cheat. Yeah, are, are the Astros onto the cream or the clear? 
You know, what are they, what are they doing next? That would be the question. Here's also what's crazy. I'm glad you brought up the Astros, Paul, because Braves and Astros, there's a lot of parallels. Braves went to five straight NLCS uh, series from 95 to 1999. They won one World Series, as we all know, in that, that long run in the 90s. The Astros now have been to five straight ALCS. They have won one World Series so far, 2017. They're trying to avoid the fate of the Braves. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're really stacking up. Braves won 11 divisions in a row. They won one World Series. No, That's I'm, unprecedented poorness in terms of No, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that the, the – yes, the Astros are worse than the Braves. Thank you. The Braves had a better run because they won so many divisions in a row. I'm saying that five straight, and you look at the dominance in division series of those teams, you're going to laugh, oh, dominance in division series. But they've outscored teams like 20-2 to two, you know, throughout that time with the Astros. The Braves. But it is interesting because the Astros are headed towards a Braves fate of one of the best dynasties, quote-unquote, to only win war- one World Series, which is not really a dynasty to me. The Braves are... You're right. They're an NL East dynasty for that time. Not, they're not a baseball not dynasty. dynasty because they won one, one World Series. But the Astros are in the same boat. This is five straight ALCS for them. It's crazy. They need to go win a second World Series to get off that schneid. Speaking of the Giants, apparently Bruce Bochy is willing to manage again. Mike Sosha is willing to manage again. If, uh, I, I'm all for this young generation of managers. If these are alternatives, legitimate alternatives to Aaron Boone in New York, I would take one of these guys in a heartbeat and go against the grain. Not the Tony LaRussa <laughs> extreme, like near death, but one of these guys, <laughs> I, I would have managed the Yankees in a second. Bruce Bochy, t- I'll take him. How did, how did the Braves pull this off? It's very impressive. Well, let, so let's look at the list of reasons why they shouldn't be where they are. So they, they, they have the injuries on top of the fact that they have their one of their best pitchers go down, what, first, second week of the season? Chad wanted a fire sale. It well, also breaking reasonably soon. Soroka was out early. Let's say by May. Yeah, right? he was out early last year and then re-aggravated um, early this year. On top of all of that, the relief pitching is just crap throughout the year. And it stepped up in postseason. I mean, Late I, in the season How many postseason. times, Chad, at night would you say, hey, uh, Braves lead by four, relief pitchers are in early, go bet Team X because they're they're about to go win. How much and they money would. did you make? Doing and they that? would. I, I mean, it was, very, it was extremely predictable. But yet, here they are in the NLCS again. I mean, there are plenty of times I thought Will Smith of Independence Day would be a better closer than the Braves. Will Smith. <laughs> I mean, that's how bad it was uh, for a stretch of the season. It, it's remarkable. And what are the I, reasons I, for it? I keep you know this is what a Braves fan would hope at for once would happen. The Braves always seem to run across the team that's playing their best baseball at the end of the season and that's on the rise, even though they may have been the dominant team over the bulk of the regular season. Braves pitching. The Braves' bats need to come alive more. This is a constant Braves problem. They get into October, and a team that hits all season forgets how to hit. Freddie Freeman's one of them, and hopefully he broke out of that with that game-winning home run, uh, which was incredible. By the way, the last time the Braves scored a run to win a game in the eighth inning or beyond to clinch a playoff series was 1992, Francisco Cabrera and Sid Bream. And then it was Freddie Freeman last night. Maybe the Braves are just hot at the right time. Their pitching is now clicking at the right time, and they can make a run. I am desperately rooting for the Giants to win tonight because that is by far. And I'm not saying the Braves are better than the Giants. Giants are the best record in baseball. But if you want to see a team in a seven-game series and you're the Braves – 
They match the up much better with the Giants than the Dodgers. So Braves fans should be rooting for San Francisco tomorrow night. And I'm rooting for San Francisco, and then I'll be rooting for San Francisco all the way. But I'm rooting for San Francisco in the whole thing. Here's how it happened. And uh, I know nothing about it. Hutton, and, and we've got uh, J.P. Aaron Sibia coming in studio at, at 320 Central, 420 Eastern. He's really good friends with Alex Anthopoulos, uh, who's the Braves general manager. It, it was a masterstroke in everything working out. Every move he made. Well, they made moves paid to off go better for than it. anyone could have. Jorge Soler, Adam Duvall. Adam Duvall's leading baseball in RBIs. They, they bring him on. I mean, everyone. Eddie Rosario from Cleveland, who was barely played all year because of injury, had huge hits down the stretch of the season. Every single move that he made was gold. I guess I. Jock Peterson. Oh, welcome to Jocktober. Jock another one that's paid I off. I have been trained mentally whenever you're losing at the trade deadline in Major League Baseball that it's, uh, it's time to sell. You sell off and you get prospects and you just rebuild during the offseason. The Braves did the opposite of that, and I wonder if that's now something that I shouldn't automatically assume for teams. Well, but there are teams that do a fire sell every year because of the fact that they're so many games behind. You've got to like the mindset that they had yeah, to it's, not, not do that. It's a remarkable level of confidence in who you have that, hey, we're still going to make a run here. Because keep in mind, I think the Braves and the Cubs had an identical record or close to it, it when they right. made the deal for yeah. Jock Peterson. Yes. Cubs sold. Cubs went complete fire sell. Braves went for it. And now here the Braves are back in the National League Championship Series. Uh, Washington, the Nationals, similar deal. They were only three or four games behind the Braves, I think, in the, in the NL East at that point in the season when they w- com- went complete fire sell. So it's worked out. I can't wait to talk to J.P. Aaron C.B. about it, who knows Alex Anthopoulos really well. But it's working out great for the Braves. And there's something about these weird 4.15 Eastern time, Central time starts during the week that leads to really dramatic baseball at 7.30, 8 o'clock at night at the end of a game. Awesome. I'm watching that game last night, and I'm thinking, boy, I still have time to do some other things this evening after this game's over. It sucks when the game starts and we're still hosting a show. But when it's ending in your last five innings and it's you know, 8 o'clock at night, it's not so bad. Walk-off last night. Doesn't get much better than that. Well. Not quite a walk-off, but yeah, the, the bottom of the eighth. But, but, but also, the, 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 uh, if you're the other team, Paul, you, you faced this question last week from a, a listener. If you're the other team and you have the late home run and the suddenness of defeat, it's that's the, the opposite feeling. It's the absolute Suddenness. Yeah, I think that's the way to describe and it. Keep this in mind also with Josh Hader, who gave up that home run uh, to Freddie Freeman had not given up a home run since July 28th. And the improbability, if you look at Freddie Freeman, Freddie Freeman was in the seventh inning and beyond against left-handed relief pitchers in game-winning situations, was nine for 187 in his career. When it was a left-handed specialist late in a game with a chance to win, and Josh Hader, the bulk of the season, was the best left-handed closer in baseball. And what he did to people, and to hit that home run uh, was, uh, was incredible. I, I think about Jim Poole as a lefty and David Justice in 1995 when David Justice, my favorite player of those Braves teams, was terrible in that postseason and hit the home run to win that game 6-2-1 to one, to win the Braves' lone World Series. Maybe, just maybe, there's some magic there, but it's hard for me to believe. My, my heart believes there could be magic there. My brain sees the Los Angeles Dodgers <laughs> possibly waiting for them. And I saw that team a year ago come back from 3-1 down 
and all of the power that they have, the pitching, it's hard for me to pick the Braves over really either one of those teams coming out of that, that NL West series. just makes me boil to see all these people rising to the occasion and uh, a team with a lot of payroll and a lot of big names who didn't rise to the occasion sitting home while I wait on a managerial decision that I know is already made. So right now you can have, for the National League outright winner, Dodgers at plus 150, Braves at plus 170. You get the Giants at plus 230 right oh, I'm now. I'm going to put money on that that's right now. That's a good They're the best team in baseball. Now, unless that's changed since early this morning. Well, even if um, it's changed a little bit. In that order. Dodgers, Braves, Giants. So, FanDuel is still heavy. Vegas is still heavy on the Dodgers, even though they face elimination. Winner-take-all game against their cross-town rivals. I mean, that's a smart bet to throw a little bit of money at, right? Yeah. Now. No, we're, we're good about finding these bets that we all uh, automatically pick up our phone and go and get it before it changes. I, I placed a preseason bet on the Dodgers to win it all. So, that's the one that I, I – I had Dodgers, White Sox before the season started. Dude, they're the last team and on the, the list. now the Dodgers still around. I know. MLB World Series 2021 plus 500. Is yeah, that but that's what the, you just that's said? That's the World that's Series. That's the World Series. He's talking, oh, about, National talking about National League, League winner. So you only have to be the National League winner and it's plus 230. But I mean, uh, how are morning. they the worst in the World Series list? It doesn't make much sense to me. They're going on on current hotness as opposed to body of work. I think body, well, and I understand that, but body of work has to have some Weight to it. They're, they're one win away from being the favorite to beat the Braves. I mean, the winner of that series will be the favorite to be in the World Series. J.P. Simeon will be in studio with us. We'll talk all things Major League Baseball playoffs, and we'll ask about the Giants and Dodgers. Uh, also, we will give some NFL futures bets. Uh, take a look at the snapshot of the league after five weeks and what Vegas is thinking with odds and where we would place our money right now. Super Bowl, MVP, uh, Offensive Player of the Year. And much more. We'll we'll take a, a, a look at the odds and, and get some underdog picks that we actually would bet on and, and throw a we'll little catch on. at. Uh, we'll bet on. That's right. Titans involves injury reports uh, with who did return to practice, who has not returned to practice. That's all coming up a little bit later. When we return, uh, headlines on John Gruden. Mark Davis, the Raiders owner, has commented now on Gruden Gruden's resignation and why that all came about when it did. His comments are interesting. We'll get into that. Plus, Adam Schefter in the news with his email uh, with Washington and the discussion of journalism <laughs> and sending a, a story to have someone else look over it. We will discuss all of this and more. That's all coming up on today's show. But first, David Reed, the chairman of the board with Toyo's Clinic. You can see better, look better. Just ask Reed. So it was great catching up with Dr. Rolando Toyos earlier today, and he does see you, help you see better. And if you're looking in the mirror and don't like what you see, and that's because you're losing your hair, guys, they can also help you with that as well. Dr. Melissa Toyos is there. You can call 888-315-3937 and let her introduce you to the smart graph technology. They're literally putting to work the old adage, work smarter, not harder. This is not like the old-fashioned methods where they take a, a long strip out of the back of your hair and leave you with a big linear scar. No, these are small little units that are taken from the back of your head. Put them on top. Natural looking results because, well, it's your own natural hair back growing on top of your head. And it only takes a uh, afternoon in the clinic to get things rolling. So don't let hair loss troubles hold you back. Call 888 
315-393-7 to schedule your hair restoration consultation today with Toyos Clinic and tell them Outkick sent you and you receive 10% off. Again, that number to call today, 888-315-3937. Toyos Clinic, see better, look better. Hi, I'm Dr. Melissa Toyos from Toyos Clinic, hair restoration specialist. I've worked in the field of hair restoration for over 20 years and recently authored the book, Hair Science. We have solutions to restore your hair like PRP, topical and oral medication, and now the latest technology, SmartGraft FUE. No visible scar, quick recovery time, restoring your natural hair that will never fall out. You can't control losing your hair, but you can control getting it back. Toyos Clinic, call us today. See better, look better. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network, Outkick 360, live from 6th and Peabody, downtown Nashville. Discuss Adam Schefter's email to Bruce Allen, the uh, Washington executive, in just a moment. But the news today with John Gruden's resignation is coming with ownership and with the general manager, Mike Mayock. First from Mark Davis, who was asked about Gruden's resignation. Uh, his, His direct quote, Paul, was, You'll have to check with the NFL. No comment. Yeah, pointing, pointing, they know it all. The direct quote, I have no comment. Ask the NFL. They have all the answers. That's what he d- said to ESPN. That suggests that the NFL was going to continue to leak emails until Gruden resigned. Yeah, and Davis his presumption. Which it also suggests that Davis was not going to do anything. Um, uh, it wasn't going to fire him. That's how I take that as well. Yeah, I mean, they got... He got pressured into it. It's it's clear, and there was more to come. Uh, it seems clear. Um, I don't know. It's not well framed. The tweet by Paul Gutierrez from from ESPN.com, who I know reasonably well from having worked worked together. He said no comment, but he doesn't really frame what he asked him and what he's no commenting on. So um, we we don't know. But then he says, "Ask the NFL; they they know." We, they we know have the it website. Here. Yeah, we have yeah. we have a copy of, of that. Um, so it's it's not entirely clear, but it's clear that he's angry, right? Um, and you would expect him well, to be angry, even even if he felt like this is the right thing and all of that. He's angry; he lost his coach, his team's in turmoil, all of that stuff. So we don't exactly know how to frame it. But he also by by just saying no comment, he's the owner of the team. His $100 million coach just resigned. And he also knew that his general manager was having a, a press conference later this afternoon. Yeah, he hung which, him out to drive. Which has happened where Mike Mayock is having to answer all these questions and not Mark Davis. Yeah, he put him, he put Mayock in a bad spot. Though he did, I think, in this with Gutierrez, say Mayock's now uh, 51-49 on personnel with Pisakia as opposed to the 51-49 that that uh, John Gruden had, and look, fifty-one forty-nine is the same as a hundred zero. Uh, when sure. it when it came For to sure. John Gruden, it certainly was. You either have final say on personnel or you don't. Um, so it's either fifty-fifty or it's a hundred zero, basically, right? Well, and this all—I mean, let's be honest here. It, it's really one hundred percent and zero because this right. coaching staff knows they're done. This yeah, is you either have it or you don't. I mean, this is one hundred percent the Raiders getting screwed. This was an investigation not into the Raiders' yes. dealings and their toxic environment, 
and how they harassed women and made women feel uncomfortable in their workplace. It was an investigation into the Washington football team, and the one victim in all of this that's publicly outed is the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, who was not coaching with Washington at the time. If I'm Mark Davis, that's a great quote by him. Sometimes I think of Mark Davis as a clown amongst yes. NFL owners, but that was a very smart quote. Ask the NFL. I'm sure they have more inf- information they're not going to share, but it may be about us. I know what you mean. About- well, we'll be the ones that get screwed in the end. Don't worry about that. It won't be Washington. I'm- I mean, how do you not have an issue with Daniel Snyder and the league if you're Mark Davis at the next meeting? I know what- I'm having a hard time not saying some really bad things to Daniel Snyder that you're in this room right now. My coach isn't. Why? I know what you're saying about the one victim, but I think – um, we should go back and not forget that as the Washington Post oh, there are other re- victims reported, that just not. Yeah, as the Washington Post reported the stories that forced the NFL's investigation of For the sure. Washington football team, there were a bunch of victims. There are a bunch of women that left football because they weren't comfortable in the organization. There are a bunch of, I, I don't remember precisely, but I think there's some good men who left the organization because they didn't like the way things operated there and the way Daniel Snyder had that whole thing running. They're a bunch of bad guys who, who stayed around and, and liked it, who, who stood under glass steps to look up skirts, Well, but the, which was a and, highlight and, of their day. I mean, you know, the unlawfully sent photos where women didn't know they were being videoed at times. I mean, there were a lot of uh, – th- these are all accusations right now, but these are things that have been reported that if, if true and uncovered in these emails, I mean, that's illegal. We're, we're talking about – Illegal, we're talking about awful words that would get anyone in John Gruden's position fired, right? If put in writing from someone and reported. We're, we're talking we're words from Gruden that. and actions from Snyder. Right, and, and the, it, but the biggest divide here is, Paul, you had mentioned it. Think of all the people who resigned or left that organization because they were made to feel lesser than others. They were made to feel uncomfortable. Reporters that were made to feel uncomfortable yeah, around the organization. And in the end, the pound of flesh is from John Gruden because of emails to Bruce Allen about Roger Goodell. It just, none of that makes sense. And look, John Gruden, you can, you can defend the guy, you can hate him, whatever. Everyone understood when those emails came to light he was going to get fired. But it is righteous of the Raiders to feel like they got hosed in this whole deal. I... I I feel bad for Mark Davis in this thing. It wasn't his organization doing these things. It was Washington, but yet his organization will suffer. We're heading into a conversation that's going to go into people who carry water for the league. Last night, when the NFL issued its comment or, or off the record talked to some national reporters, one of the things it said was these emails did not come from us. And I thought, and I, I don't remember who I saw it from, but I definitely saw it from NFL Network people who just repeated that without question, which I thought was ridiculous and reprehensible. Where else did it come from? I mean, for you just to repeat it and accept it and not repeat it and say, but all indications are it couldn't have come from anywhere else. I mean, if the firm that first Dan Snyder hired and then the league took on as its client, which is ridiculous from the start, <laughs> leak these things, it, it would be in such trouble for violation of uh, attorney-client privilege stuff, it, it would be ridiculous. The only place it could have come from is the league. So to accept on face value and carry water for the league by, by just repeating the league saying, they didn't come from us, 
is BS. If you believe that, you would have to believe that this firm uh, where these court filings uh, took place uh, and, and the proceedings that they're covering, you would have to believe that they have some out for John Gruden to leak the leak these specific emails and also Adam Schefter. That's pretty likely. Like you, you would. Those, well, no, those we know where things. the Schefter thing came from. The Schefter thing came from a separate court filing in, I think, Los Angeles. But that's as a part of this lawsuit, right? With uh, with Washington. Well, this was Daniel Snyder's filing against that Indian uh, um, media company because he was trying to file suit against his limited partners to stop them from. Uh, libeling him, quote unquote, when right. he was trying to, but to if you, buy that. But I'm saying, if you things. think those that the Gruden emails came from this same file that that Snyder provided, you would have to believe that these attorneys had something out for Gruden. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second. And I, I my understanding is they're separate. Um, these leaks were very specific. Yeah, very specific yeah, and very timed. It came from the leak. Timely. And and when, at the very Davis least, you have act. to report that league says it didn't come from them, but there is reason to not believe it. When league. Mark Davis didn't act and Gruden coached on Sunday, more emails surfaced. Yeah, it was, it was here's your warning shot. That's not a coincidence. And here's, no, here's no. the next one to, to get rid of the guy. I was reading Armando Salguero today, who we'll have on the show tomorrow, and, and he wrote a great column up at OutKick about this whole situation and said, you know, it's funny that the league didn't, didn't give away any of this information, yet the Raiders are admitting that they were given the information. So they gave it to someone, right? He's saying we were handed over the emails involving well, Gruden before Schefter him. Schefter reported that. Schefter, Schefter is the Schefter one who reported, reported it. it. Said it's also funny that it's two New York publications with the New York office mm -hmm. of the NFL. I mean, you can. it doesn't take a genius to put two and two together and say someone oh, in the league point. office... And I, I don't think it takes too big of a genius to say. I know John McClain yesterday said, I, I, I know Roger Goodell, I don't think he would do this. Anyone in that position of power is going to wield that power at some point. And when they are given information that says, this guy currently under a $100 million contract said these things about you, are we really going to sit here and believe that Roger Goodell had nothing to do he with that? He needed to go take Being a walk leaked. around Central Park to cool down. You know, don't press sand, also, all these things that you need to do to cool down but what, and then have a more reasoned conversation with your executive committee yes. or with your yes. consigliere. So the Raiders were given that information right before it was released, leaked to the media, right? Not just They the got it Friday, and uh, it was, it was the first Friday. the DeMore Smith story came out Friday, and then the Times story according came out Schefter, Monday with DeMore. According to Schefter, though, they were handed the email contents all at once. They got this all was of not, it Friday. Yes, Mark, so, because with the, so with Davis the, made his decision with the presumption that Mark him. Davis would make his decision then. Reasonable the to expect, though, public. that the deep breath from Roger Goodell was a very pointed email or some form of communication or call to Mark Davis. To Davis and not Here going is what public. we have. You need to get rid of this guy. We're not going public with it right now. I am here to protect your interest. You can't be paying a guy that much money to be your head coach that's saying these things about me two important people. Agreed. This is the quid pro quo. But I'm going to protect you as one of 32 owners. You protect me and get rid of this guy. Mark Davis either said no or didn't give him a, a strong just response. just had him issue the apology and that was it. And then the news is leaked and then nothing happens and Gruden coaches and has an awkward press conference. And then, oh, guess what? Even worse emails are leaked on Monday and then he's gone. But from Friday to Monday, 
with inaction from the raiders, he goes from protecting Davis and protecting one of his 32 franchises to failing to protect what? What do they talk about all the time? Protect the shield. This didn't protect the shield. This shows Goodell to be bogus on protecting the shield. And the shield is supposed to be above everything. Yeah, protecting the shield, you're right, Paul, is to be silent on everything they found. Keep it in house. The Washington football team findings, John Gruden's They emails, kept Snyder stuff in house to protect the shield. Everything. It's really hard not to read into it that way. And then at halftime, when the news broke on Monday Night Football, Schefter is live on the air discussing the fact that the NFL presented this to Mark Davis and the Raiders organization. He is discussing the fact that they were not pleased with the way they handled things over the weekend. They were not pleased that Gruden was coaching on Sunday and that more emails surfaced and the resignation took place on Monday night. Schefter is reporting all this live on Monday Night Football and then post-game as well, he's giving his opinion on that. And then last night we see emails surfacing where he is emailing Bruce Allen and uh, it, this is through the LA Times. Um, who I believe also Sam, has a, also has a great connection with Roger Goodell and the NFL office. Well, Sam Farmer is incredibly like tight with, the, with the league office. Climbs mountains with them. Yeah. Um, unpublished draft. It, it, they sent a story. Schefter did to Bruce Allen when when Allen was still an executive. This was with the during Washington football the team. battle between the PA and the and the league. And the story from the LA Times. Several emails between Allen and journalists are part of the filing. Um, and this is through the LA Times uh, filing, getting getting a court filings from the procedure says in one of them from July, 2011 ESPN NFL insider, Adam Schefter sent Allen a draft of an unpublished story that was published later the same day. Please let me know if you see anything that should be added, tweaked or changed. Schefter wrote, thanks Mr. Editor for that. And the trust plan to file this on ESPN about 6 AM. Now what they don't tell you is what the story is. The story from that time, and it fits from July 2011, is about the NFL lockout and getting the CBA done. So if, if, for all of these reporters and journalists that are, I mean, they're acting as if Schefter is writing a story on Washington and the Redskins organization about signing a player oh, or getting details. I haven't seen any of that. They're, it's they're, it's they're a CBA story. It's a C, I know it's a CBA but story. But people are reacting like it's a different kind of story is what I'm saying. Yes, they're reacting as though he's trying to allow Allen to edit copy on a story about him or the Washington organization when really he's allowing Allen to tell him if he's getting a fact or figure wrong on this, this deal that's going to get done with the next couple of days. But that's not how you do it. Uh, that's not how you do it. You, you ask him specifically about the fact or figure, or you send him a, a paragraph. If I'm explaining something complicated that somebody's helped me talk through or somebody else has helped me talk through, somebody else has talked me through, I might send them the paragraph that goes over that and say, I want to be certain that I'm outlining this correctly. Say a salary cap permutation. Is this correct? Or call them and talk them th but in through this that. Case, it's but to give them go, the entire story is ridiculous. But, you're, but this, is not, this is not some story that in, involves any prejudice whatsoever. This is a story that involves him, and you're acting fact and figures. That's the entire scope of this article. Like, it, I guess you could copy and paste 15 different paragraphs from the story or just send them the whole thing and say, percentage here, percentage there, tell me what has been discussed behind the scenes on this exact uh, contract that's going to go in place 
and tell me where I'm right and wrong. But is he sending it to the PA side to I, do I, that? I bet he has. Well, uh, that that's the question. Why is he uh, he's carrying the 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 appearance is, and this is why you don't do it because it gives it the appearance that you're. Doing well, it, it, it totally from the league's side and not from the PA side. This, and it's a story that is weighing between the PA and the, the, the league. But the, and the you don't do come, it for this appearance. The appearance comes from him saying Mr. Editor. Which is a stupid which, thing to Which say. insinuates that he's done this before, right? But again, when you read the story itself, I, I understand what you're saying, Paul, and I don't disagree. If you're, if you're writing a story about a player contract, or if you're writing a story about a guy who you're going to sign or trade for, whatever it might be, or, or report on what's going on behind the scenes at Washington or any organization. I'm not disagreeing with you on that, but pulling up the story last night from July 2011, I mean, there are a lot of just mathematical details of this that you just don't get by calling one guy and saying, hey, tell me the details, jot them down, and then report it. So I, I would want someone behind the scenes to read and proofread what I'm putting out there and saying, yeah, you've, you've, got, you've got it right. Uh, and it, multiple it just, people it, for it that just doesn't. And I by, guess, the way, by the way, no one's saying this. Mortensen's name's on the story, too. Yeah, but no often, one's mentioning him. Often, oftentimes, a double byline story doesn't mean we wrote it together. Well, okay, it means could it you've mean done a small piece. Oftentimes, it means you've done this small piece of it, and I've done this sure. big well, piece could it mean of it. that so Chris Mortensen, I mean, story. is... Is it possible that Chris Mortensen sent it to the NFLPA and got it checked and then got it back to Schefter, his buddy, who has the contact with Allen, and then he it's went back to him and said, now what do you think? We're kind of working through it on both sides? Possible. A lot I of mean, things are possible, just, but the reason you don't do it is so that you don't have to explain all of this. There's, there's a common sense anybody. approach to now discussing it in 2021 from an article in 2011. Let, I want to hear from Demore Smith. What in that article was manufactured or fabricated from Bruce Allen? Oh, it doesn't matter if, if it's manufactured it, or, or, or fabricated. Well, people it matters are that you've though, given him power People over are acting your as score. though Bruce Allen tweaked things within Schefter's reporting that, were, that was not fair or was inaccurate to the other side. And I haven't seen that report anywhere or accusation this, anywhere. This is reporting. You, well, you, that's gain, how you, do it. you gain sources. Uh, and I know... Paul, you're the one who went to Columbia Journalism School, so I'll, I'll let you talk about the ins and outs of that. But part of uh, you gain sources and have friends in any walk of life by befriending them or giving them a little bit of power. When you give someone power, they have a tendency to give things back to you. When I read this, it didn't surprise me because I'm thinking, I bet Adam Schefter has inside jokes with everyone across the league about Mr. Editor or whatever they want to call them, I bet he's got these types of relationships everywhere. It doesn't surprise me that he's sending a, a proof of an entire story to someone and saying, what do you think, Mr. Editor? Because that person's more likely to give him more info. When I see someone that gets stories like Schefter and breaks everything, my first thought is, boy, that guy's got a lot of friends. He probably sucks up to a lot of people well, he does. across the league. He's and a, that's how he's been so successful. So that's right. none of this shocks me. Well, he's an information trader is, is really right. what he does. I'm going to learn this from you, and then when I you hear something about that, I'm going to tell a, you that. It's a barter and system. And that's what he is, an information trader, which is fine. But it, it's so blurred for people that journalists who write stories who would never, ever let a subject see something before ask for help or give permission like that 
are, I think, understandably infuriated by the idea that this is acceptable practice. Um, but and, there, and he's no, different than they are. It's but not the no, same, and everybody thinks it is. They think, oh, Adam Schefter is one of the most exalted journalists in the country. Adam Schefter is the most exalted information trader in the country, for, for sure. But by the way it works, you shouldn't be giving somebody a copy of something. Now, he could easily have that conversation over the phone. Hey, this, this, and this, are they correct? But to give it to him and let him edit it and call him your editor is The editor is part the looks terrible. I'm not disagreeing with you on that, Paul. But the contents of the story matter. This is not Pac-Man Jones at the strip club in, in Vegas, and you... you you dialing up the Titans and allowing them to edit your story on what's going on and all that. Sure. This is, this, to me, the, the facts of what he's asking to be clarified matter in this. And when you read the story and it's like the, the, the players are going to get 51% of this, the owners are going to get a, a big chunk of the new TV deal, blah, blah. You know, it, there's just a lot of millions and billions of dollars that are, are, are put into this 10-year deal that you would want fact checked. Yeah, so I, I would if have. If you want to send a paragraph to somebody, that's fine. But uh, I mean, there are uh, you'd have to do that twenty times it, based on the details. If this I, I was get some what you're sort saying, of, but in this day and age, the nuance of that—that's uh, fine for us to understand it. But it's the it's, general general people are not. But gonna, it's it's all gonna on, get it. But he Paul, sent the story on, to a source for the source but to that's, revive. But that's that's a cop out because it's on people like us to provide nuance to these stories to people that. Consume media like us. Well, if it's so simple, I, I hate, why is I he hate, not out there telling us? What I he hate, did? but because he's not going to comment on talking with a source. But why not? But the same reason you wouldn't if something was put out there in a lawsuit about a text exchange with someone. But we can talk more about this later. But it's on us to provide the nuance, and too many media members just blanket throw things out there and don't provide nuance behind it. I, I have a feeling part of this will be a part of primary complaint. Our primary complaint is next on Outkick 360. Coming up, J.P. Aaron Sebia will be in studio with us, former MLB catcher, Broadcaster for the Miami Marlins. He's in town here in Nashville. He'll join us in studio here at 6th and Peabody. A lot of Braves talk oh, coming up. A lot, a lot of, of Braves talk. A lot of baseball to discuss as uh, we get closer to the World Series. Paul is all in on his Giants. Big Giants fan. This Those time are not necessarily the questions I'll be asked. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's that's all straight ahead. That's coming up in about questions. 30 minutes. Right now, though, it is time for primary complaints. I'll kick things off, gentlemen, with uh, this this outrage over Adam Schefter in this email after reading the story that he had sent to Bruce Allen. There was a lot of outrage about how Schefter went about this and the the other blue checkmark media, the sports media, um, that have responded to this in this outrage touting journalism with the capital J, when in truth, they would do something similar if they were in Schefter's position based on the story he was reporting on with Chris Mortensen at the time of July 2011. As I think about why they would respond this certain way late last night, it's not because of journalism with the capital J, but it is another J word, jealousy. That's my primary complaint. 
But in perfect segue to my primary complaint, because I have an example of exactly what you are talking about with this. And also, I talked about Urban Meyer's lack of self-awareness. Let me give you a little bit more lack of self-awareness. Our old buddy Dan Wolken, who tweeted this earlier today. How is ESPN's top NFL reporter going to report on the biggest story in the NFL when part of the investigation, if made public, would reveal him sending copy he hadn't yet filed to the GM of the team in question to edit? What a mess. You know what else is a mess? Dan Wolken putting this tweet out there, failing to acknowledge that in a text message to John Curry when he was reporting on Tennessee hiring Greg Schiano, he sent first... John Curry sent, gonna need some help on the PR. Our people are wacko. Wolken's response, I'll help. Not sure they'll listen. LOL. By the way, put ha, not LOL. Ridiculous <laughs> in all caps for a grown man to put LOL. I know he's a very good coach and is about the right stuff. Dan Wolken did worse things than Adam Schefter ever did with these texts to John Curry to, quote, sell a coaching hire for his source, and now he is tweeting from his ivory tower, Danny boy, sit one out. In fact, sit all of them out. But especially in this case, you should have sat that one out, and that is my primary complaint. A great example. So my primary complaint this week is people who say they want one thing when they actually want something completely different. I've had a lot of experience with this in my life, mostly with women. There was a coven of women who blew through the state of David Reed like a patch of bad weather, saying they wanted one thing out of a relationship <laughs> when they really just wanted something else. Let's flash forward to something that's plaguing America right now. Do you remember not too long ago, people who took our order and handed us a bag of food out the window said they wanted $15 an hour to do so? Well, where are you now? Because there's companies out there who want to pay you $15 an hour to do that, but you're still not there doing it. Where are you? You said you wanted one thing, and you wanted another. I come to work day in, day out, slaving over this hot microphone. And sometimes what's really on my mind is, man, I just want a three-piece and a large mashed potatoes and gravy. <laughs> and I fire up my Ford, and I make a beeline to Bojangles only to find a misspelled note on the drive through window saying, those people who wanted $15 an hour aren't here, and we're offering $15 an hour. That, like the women, also leaves me heartbroken. <laughs> America, go back to work. David Reed, been saving that one up. Flame when forward. he says hot microphone, he means it's on. Because <laughs> it is not hot temperature-wise, because he keeps it like a damn meat locker in here. I know if I'm hot walking into the studio, I'm going to cool down immediately, which I like. Because I get hot walking down the street, come in here, and I feel great. Dude, I step out there, and I'm like, oh, this is what a normally maintained <laughs> room feels like. My primary complaint is for the NFL analytics community. I'm a supporter of analytics, but... The other day, I fly by a, uh, a clip, Aaron Schatz, I call him, some call him Schatz, of uh, football outsiders. He's having a little conversation about the Chargers. Chargers are 4-1, and one, legitimate 4-1. and one. I buy the Bill Parcells, you are what your record is. But he and his buddy are talking about how this team, they're 10th in that metric, and they're 11th in this metric, and oh, don't look at this one, they're 15th. And they are so star-reliant. If Derwin James went down or if Joey Bosa went down, they would be screwed. I, I mean, I understand you're kind of forecasting forward and that you may not like them because of your computer programs and everything, but can you not acknowledge what they are despite your metrics that say what they should be? 
They are something else. Four and one and looking very formidable. So I know it's your business and everything, but you have to include in the conversation something about what they actually are, not what your computer says they should be or might be or could be down the road. Give me a little bit about what they actually are. And that is our primary complaint. You can send yours in, by the way, next week, 360 at outkick.com is the website, 360 at outkick.com for primary complaint. Paul's complaint actually rolls into a discussion we'll have about the rest of the season because teams have positioned themselves after the first five weeks for not only a playoff push, but individuals have positioned themselves in a contract year to have a, a great season. Harold Landry comes to mind for the Tennessee Titans who can really cash in. Well, who can cash in on NFL MVP, on Offensive Defensive Player of the Year? Teams that we're buying that are maybe a little bit under the radar right now, not named Buffalo or Kansas City, who we expect to be in the hunt in January. We will get into that and much more. Plus, J.P. Aaron Sibia talks Major League Baseball postseason play. All of that and more straight ahead. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network.